Talofalaba, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Susana Suisuiki. Coming up, Fiji's women's and children's advocate joins me to discuss the recent assault video that's shaken the community. Also, our aims is to be in the top four and our targets was to win this comp. The captains of the Pacifica teams of the Super Rugby franchise are confident they can go far in this year's competition. And later... So to come back here and showcase to the wider community here back in Wellington, which I call home, is a blessing. Tongan Samoan opera singer Ben Makisi returns to Aotearoa to give back to his people. Earlier this month in Fiji, a disturbing video of a child being severely beaten by her father had emerged online, causing a stir among the community. The video had been shared on social media, including by Fiji's Women and Children's Minister, Linda Tamboya, to her 176,000 followers on Facebook. She eventually took the video down. Fiji police says the man in the video had been arrested before the incident was shared online. He's since been remanded and will appear in court again on February 19th. The Fiji Women's Crisis Centre's coordinator, Shamima Ali, joins me on Pacific Waves to share her thoughts on the incident. I began by asking Shamima for her reaction upon seeing the video. Well, I had mixed reactions. I was not at all surprised because this is an ongoing thing. This has gone on and on for, you know, ever since I started work here, we know that. You know, in all Fiji and other Pacific countries, you know, we beat up children to discipline them and so on. But I think seeing it so vividly was a bit of a shocker. And I was also thinking that uh, we shouldn't have put this up. But if it wouldn't have been put up, then we wouldn't have known uh, that this child was in, you know, was being treated in this manner. And that was then also, it wasn't a one-off. It had been going on for uh, for uh, for some time. So, you know, so that was the reaction. But of course, you know, that what I, what's going to be done about it. And before we get into discussion around violence in Fiji and in Pacific countries, have you been able to reach out to the young lady that's in the centre of the incident? How is she doing so far? Do you know? Uh, yes, she's doing pretty good. We, in collaboration with our Department for Social Welfare, the Fiji Women's Crisis Centre has been able to offer refuge. Uh, and a lot of people from the community are, you know, helping, donating and giving things. So, uh, yeah, so she is at the moment in a good place still. Uh, she is a state, uh, you know, uh, is in the care of the state. Uh, and they have uh, they have uh, put her in our care at, the point, at this point in time. But they're still in charge, the social welfare department. So till they find a an accommodation that is suitable for her, uh, that the state can provide. She is in our care. And uh, also uh, that uh, she, of course, uh, the counselling sessions need to take place. Uh, she, uh, you know, she, and, and uh, yeah, so uh, we are taking her through that. Uh, a seasoned counsellor is with her every day and you know, and, and we're trying to get her to carry on with her schoolwork from home. Obviously, you're not the only one that's had very strong reactions to the video. Um, but what did you think of Minister Linda Tamboya's handling of the situation? Was resharing the video really the best way to address the incident? Perhaps not. I don't think so because it was already out there. And that's how we all got to know about it, which is a good thing, whoever put it up. Uh, I also think that... The, the, you know, there were a lot of people watching that they could have intervened. 
but as far as uh, you know i maybe it wasn't in the best judgment to 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 put it up again uh and in, in that manner and uh, but you know the way her intervention also um uh, what it did was it spurred uh, action you know from her ministry very fast and uh, it has created the the and also the video itself has created a lot of uh, Uh, conversations on social media and in other circles about child abuse a bit, you know and also and, and and people are looking at corporal punishment in a different perspective so uh, maybe bad judgment but her uh, but her uh, immediate actions have uh, you know resulted in immediate action for the child You've been advocating for women's and children's rights for decades. Why do you think the message around elimination of gender violence has been so slow to catch on in Fiji? It's not only Fiji; throughout the world and throughout the 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 the, the, the region, you know, the Pacific region, uh, because we've got a network around the Pacific and we work help center, set up crisis centers and so on, and helping training and all that. Uh, it is hard because you know we we live within patriarchal systems. and that is very difficult to shift and add on to that uh, the, the 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 misconception about culture and religion if you add on all of that there are layers and layers of of belief systems that continue to oppress women uh, so you know so that is very hard to shift i think fiji in the pacific barring australia and new zealand of course uh, but i mean there also you have very high rates of uh, Uh, you know violence against women in australia i think about two women die a week from domestic violence and so on but uh, in fiji we have done the most work and a lot more awareness and a lot more progressive steps have been taken but to bring down the numbers there has to be a very uh, you know concerted uh, uh, effort on the part of everyone you know all of the country to be able to bring those numbers down and uh, working with men you know working with boys working with us those are the things that are not being done for us single-handedly this organization we've been around this year for 40 years you know we have seen the changes and more women are reporting but unless we do another study which we are about to embark upon after over 10 years the last one was in 2011 unless we do another one and do a comparative study only then can we say whether we have managed to bring it down but there's also other uh, elements that come in like climate change you know online violence technology facilitated violence all these things so you know you add on to the layers and layers of abuse and violence and so on so hardly are we managing to deal with domestic violence with rape uh, in normal circumstances now with all of this you know it just keeps adding on and you know with the advent of drugs in this country also that's another contributing factor What message do you have for the community that's been shocked by this video? It's what I always say when you know when these things reach this place is that we've had two deaths in the past in my knowledge at least two deaths of children at the hands of uh, a parent uh, and uh, and everybody after the death or after an incident like this say we knew he was doing this every time you know so for me to say that to the community is intervene don't be just bystanders don't be taking videos intervene and do something about it report it the police are around go to them ring the crisis center we've got toll free toll free lines 
contracted by government on domestic violence on children. Use all these lines, but please intervene. Take the child away. And, you know, and, and hold the perpetrator accountable. And that is what we don't do enough of. So I would say any community where this is happening, this is what you need to do. And it's also a good lesson that for other people not to do this. I think that is what was stark about this video, that you can actually see the kicking, the dragging, the throwing on the floor and the beating. So I think, you know, sometimes these images, unfortunately, it happens in this manner, but it shocks people into saying, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be seen to be doing that and start looking at alternatives. The skippers of the Pacifica teams in the Super Rugby Pacific competition says playing final footy is not impossible. Militere Nalangi of the Fijian Draw and James Lay from the Moana Pacifica team both believe they can be in the final eight this year as they finalise their preparations for their team's third Super Rugby Pacific season. The two teams play pre-season matches this weekend and have their first round of competition matches the following weekend. Elisa Tora has the story. Ruo skipper Dernalangi says getting into the top four and playing a home quarterfinal game in this year's Super Rugby Pacific competition is something the Fijian Rua is focused on. As a team, uh, we had our, our vows and our aims and the target uh, before we kick off the, with our pre-season. Uh, we sit together as a team and uh, put up our vows and aims and targets. Our vows uh, was uh, to have a home quarterfinal. And uh, from that, uh, we said our aims is to be in the top four. And our targets was to win this comp. Dernalangi, who made his debut for the Flying Fijians in the Pacific Nations Cup Series last July, adds his team is ready for the tough season ahead. The boys are preparing well for this season. One of the, I can say, toughest and uh, but exciting uh, uh, pre-season. And uh, we are looking forward for the comp to start. The team is uh, looking forward for the first rounds. Uh, we'll be playing against the Blues at uh, Fangare. It will be a tough competition between uh, the players. Mono Pacifica's new captain, James Lay, expressed similar sentiments when he spoke with RNZ Pacific during the Super Rugby launch in Auckland on Wednesday. Lay says his side can reach the top eight in the competition, but getting there will take a lot of hard work. Yeah, it was, it was a great learning curve for our team. We started pretty strong, but we had a lot of young players that are, you know, getting a first taste of Super Rugby football and what it's all about and the speed and the pressure and everything like that. So it's, uh, it's a great learning for them and they're only going to get stronger by doing it. So it's great for them. Meanwhile, Auckland Blues captain Patrick Tipolotu says his team will have a tough campaign, including tough classes against Nrua, and New Zealand and Australian teams across the competition. Well, we've got Fiji and Drua up round one, so they're very unpredictable and hard to play, so I think they'll be tough. And then, obviously, well, the standard New Zealand teams, Chiefs and Crusaders, are quite hard to, to play, especially at home. And then uh, I think a lot of the, there's a lot of improvement through the Aussie teams, the Aussie system over there, so I think playing them over there will be quite tough. Tupolotu will miss about five weeks of competition due to an injury he suffered in a preseason game in Japan two weeks ago. Brumby's captain, Alan Alaalatoa, one of five players with Pacific Heritage named as captains of Super Rugby teams, knows most of his players will be trying to stamp their marks again with the team following their non-selection in the Wallabies 2023 
Rugby World Cup squad. A lot of boys turned up this year with a lot of edge, um, mainly from what happened last year in the World Cup. Some of our experienced players in the Super Rugby didn't get picked for the World Cup, so they've turned turn, turned up with a chip on their shoulder, and um, that only adds value to what we're trying to do as a club, which is um, you know to go one better. The Fijian draw take on the Melbourne Rebels in Melbourne on Friday afternoon, while Moana Pacifica will square off against the Hurricanes in Wellington in their final pre-season matches on the same afternoon. Kiwi-born opera singer Benjamin Marquisi of Tongan and Samoan descent is giving back to Aotearoa after returning home from Europe. The tenor has been performing at community events around the country, hoping to make opera music accessible to all. Tiana Haxton caught up with a talented singer. Benjamin Makisi's voice captivated the crowds gathered at the Wellington Pacifica Festival on Saturday afternoon. It was a significant full circle moment for the singer, who was born and bred in the capital city. So to come back here and showcase to the wider community here back in Wellington, which I call home, is a blessing. It's amazing to come back and go, oh, look, everybody, this is what I've experienced overseas and this is what I, I now sound like. Makisi said it was an honour to share a taste of opera with his hometown and he hopes to do more community outreach. He says the opera world does not seem easily accessible to many people and he wants to change that stigma. People see it as if it's a rich man's music, but actually it's accessible for everyone. Events like the Pacifica Festival, it's a really good outreach to showcase our stuff to the people in our own community. He emphasised this by performing a well-known Samoan song with a classical opera twist. The performance had the crowd entranced. Some got up and danced, expressing their love for Makisi's rendition of the Samoan classic. He shared that he performs several Polynesian songs in a classical way across the UK. It was always well, well respected and well received by the audiences, uh, especially in the UK. They so much love um, Polynesian music, they, as they say, exotic. As Benjamin Makisi is now based in Auckland, he will not be touring Europe as much. However, he is looking forward to sharing his talents locally across Aotearoa. I can now do events like this too and do some stuff you know, locally and nationally as well, which is really good. I'm At the moment, I'm touring around New Zealand doing concerts around for a group called Opportunity, which is great. It's so lovely to see the whole countryside, you know. McKesey will be performing with Opportunity in Ellerslie and Botany this weekend to wrap up the month. That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rndi.com slash programs. We're also on Spotify, Apple and iHeartRadio. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, till fast way forward.